1: Buckle's trunks and titles presents to you Nicholas London and cue ball karma Up today, and I'm like, Oh my god, we got the show tonight. I'm like, Oh, I did research right after the last show, I wrote it in a notebook. Think I can find that notebook? No, I'll find it tonight after the show. Yeah, I'll find it tonight after the
0: show. You'll find it no problem when the show is done.
1: Hey, what a great guest we had last week, huh?
0: Um, yeah. I love Brody. Uh, I was super pumped to talk to him. I knew you two would go off in your own little world, which you did.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, we went down a long road together, man. You're you're just sitting there like this with your arms crossed going, eventually they'll shut up. No, they won't. We're out of time.
0: <laughs> this is why this video thing is going to be good for us. Now you can see me when I'm going. <laughs> <So, laughs> when you give me use you it? ball, it's time to roll. Come on, get, get
1: done, get done. Just we stop to get to the next thing. Cube. <laughs> we have four commercial segments and a break, so our poor people aren't suffering for an hour. And what happens? We go an hour and go, oh yeah, we have to do the commercial.
0: <laughs> Story. Good way to
1: keep sponsors. Good way to keep your sponsors. <laughs> hey, hey, just so you know, Mike over there to. Uh, RedlineGoods.com, we were thinking about you.
0: (laughs) We really were. (laughs) Hey, that great pillow on Amazon, we were thinking about you. (laughs) Hey, listen, I was telling people about that great pillow on Amazon. Unreal. I told I shared your thing the other day because I seen you post it on Facebook. Don't ever say share your thing. I shared your advertisement for your pillow. (laughs) That better? Oh, I showed your advertisements, Cubal, and <laughs> yeah, you know what?
1: It's funny, but uh, I got one of them right behind me, and just so people know, I sleep on one, my wife sleeps on one, my daughter sleeps on one, my neighbors sleep on one, and the reviews that we've got for people who've got the pillow, they can't believe the quality of the pillow for the money. They're like blown away. It's just, it's unbelievable. So, I will be launching into the Canadian market in the next 30 days.
0: you hear that, folks? Breaking news right here on Triple T Radio. Launching Canada wide. Yeah, you know,
1: Canada is the great land of opportunity, Nick. It's, Boy, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, uh, the U.S. has been sort of oversaturated and exploited. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, half of the sales on Amazon come from people like me. The other half come from Amazon itself. So there's a lot of people in the business, but there's emerging markets. You know, um, Germany's huge. Uh, they're in the UK. Just got into Australia. Been in Canada for a while. Uh, the guy that's my mentor is actually from Toronto, but he lives out in British Columbia now in a beautiful freaking high-rise condo that he that he bought with his Amazon money. And uh, you know, it, it's like uh, a lot of my guys that I talk to on a daily basis are in the Canadian market, and, you know, I mean, there's really, North America, the market, we, even in Mexico, the market's really good and strong, and people to go in there, and, you know, there's a simple, there's, I want to give it away to people that aren't smart enough to find it, there's a simple free translation system on the internet, I won't give away the name of it, that I put my ad in, and it, it translates it into Mexican, or German, or wherever, so... And don't even translate it into Canadian, eh?
0: <laughs> Yo, hoser. We need that. Us Canadians <laughs> can use that. And you know, it's funny when you when you speak of uh, you know Canadian and translation guys. You know, the one thing about cue ball is is he makes shopping fun. Like you know, we were talking earlier, and. and you know, Q-Ball's wife, she's out running errands, but Q-Ball, he makes shopping fun because he allows you to do it from the comfort of your own home. Isn't that right, Q?
1: That's right. And, you know, if you're an Amazon Prime member, and who really isn't, I mean, it's a great investment. It's like 89 bucks a year, but you also get Amazon Prime TV, which is similar to Netflix, for free with that, which has a ton of great movies in it, but all your shipping's free. So when you buy something for 39.95, there's no shipping fee. It's covered in there. So the fantastic thing about that when you buy from Amazon, if you're a Prime member, it's in your it's at your door. We live in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I live the closest Walmart was 18 miles away when we moved here. they built one about 14 miles away, uh, but there's no te- there's no extension of towns here. There is my town It's 12 miles one way to another one, 12 miles one way to another one, 12 miles away to another one, and 18 miles the other way. And this is a town of 1,000 people. So you really can't get anything that you need without going at least 26 miles to Jacksonville, North Carolina, an hour to Greenville, North Carolina, or an hour to Wilmington. So Amazon, for us, since we've lived here, has been like the savior because you need something. Like when I was in police work, which – Unfortunately, I have an interview tomorrow. It looks like I'm going back in it. Um, we would be able to get whatever I needed, whether it's a tactical belt or a tactical flashlight or something that I couldn't find without going to Raleigh, which is two hours away. I could get it to my door in one to two days. So, I mean, you know, Amazon Prime is like the bomb. And, you know, if you buy a $20 flashlight, it's delivered for the $20 you paid for the flashlight. So, you know, that's kind of a cool thing for non-amazon prime members to understand is you get free movies all year long that you can't get in other places uh they have a new jack ryan series which is sort of a book about a spy but they have a new series on there uh that's exclusively on amazon they're like you know netflix now makes their own movies and makes their own shows well amazon's made enough money well they're doing the same thing so the prime membership and i'm not pushing amazon down anybody's throat i'm just saying it makes shopping so much easier it really does
0: well, I like to say it's uh, it's balls way, and it's shopping made fun. And, uh, you know, I've done well with um, making some of these ads that are on our website, TripleTRadio.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, go and get this pillow, because, you know, I haven't got it yet, but that's okay. That's all In always. the mail. That's right. It's coming. And I'm going to sleep on that thing. I may take a couple of days off work just to rest on it, you know?
1: Well, here's a, here's a funny story. I have a friend who I uh, brought him a sales business 20 years ago and hired him for my company. And he ended up going to Timeshare and bought a brand-new BMW 745i brand-new off the showroom floor cash. And he's made a lot of money um, along the way. And he never ever slept on a pillow because when he was raised, he was so poor that his parents couldn't afford pillows. That's a true story. Um, The kids would were born and raised in Philly, and they would go to the pizza parlors before they closed and ask him for food and stuff like that because they're just really poor. And he got the pillow and sort of thought he was doing me a favor. Ended up taking one of the inserts out because they're one-piece inserts. You can take it's firm when you get it. You pull it out, make it medium. Pull two out, make it soft. And he pulled one out, and his wife told me, she goes, I wanted to get a chance to sleep on it, but I can't get it away from him. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, he took one insert out, and he sleeps on it every night. It says he sleep slept better than he ever has. He's never used a pillow once in his life and he's 42 years old. So, I mean, that's how good the pillow is, seriously. Oh, that's that. And he's listening right now, so shout-out to you, Ryan. Appreciate you listening. Um, I'm sure Courtney's listening. I'm sure... Uh, Larry Bird's listening to me. Uh, I got a lot of loyal followers that listen every single week, and I appreciate you all. Dr. James Hubbs, uh, my buddy Jim, doctor, physician, Phil, and uh, was in Philadelphia now. He's back over in Woodstown, New Jersey, uh, runs a family practice. He was our family doctor for years. He was a ring physician at the old ECW when I worked there. So I've known him going back 20 years. And uh, he's the guy that actually reviewed my new product to make sure that all the ingredients in it were you know appropriate and uh, one of the things he said is you know people a lot of people in america now suffer from afib i know i do and i take medication to control it but a lot of people uh, with afib or heart problems have to take blood thinners and so they can't have vitamin k that makes them that'll make them bleed internally or could so the one thing he said that he besides the proprietary formula that really is good the one great saving grace of my product is there's no vitamin K. And there's a lot of vitamins in it. 100% of your vitamin C, B5, B6, uh, B10, all that. But there's no vitamin K because people on blood thinners can't have that. So I really launched, scored a really good product. And it's got a, a proprietary blend that I worked with the manufacturer and created that actually helps with mental clarity and focus. Because I have a focus issue. You know that. I mean, I'll be talking to you on skype and i'll pick up my phone and start texting you're like what are you doing i'm like oh sorry (laughs) i have a focus issue i was a wrestler who banged his head a lot what can i tell you i had a focus (laughs) issue
0: (laughs) that's okay that's
1: what you know it's the common thing with wrestlers right you walk around you end up going to i went to a, a doctor about i guess five years ago when my neck was found out my neck was broken and I went to him and he x-rayed me and MRI'd me. And he said, man, he goes first thing you got to do is operate on your lower back. And we got to build a steel cage around your spine because you have no discs, You have advanced thesis, which makes your spine curve forward. You have advanced stenosis, which squeezes around the spinal cord and you have a fracture at L5 and up at C4. And he goes, but when we rebuild the back, the neck is going to go. If we go in and do the neck first, It'll be so strong, the back will go. So we're going to have to do one, and then six months later, we're going to have to do the other one. So we'll build a, a cage from your spinal column from the base of your spine to the upper part of your C4. You know what my answer was to that?
0: No, thank you.
1: No. Yeah. No. No, we are not going to do that. <laughs> He's like, well, I'll prescribe you some pain medication because it must be hard to get around. I said, yeah, I'm not to that point either. Thanks anyway. So
0: try, right, man. I have, I
1: have my I have my trusty bottle of prescription ibuprofen for everybody to see. It's ibuprofen. It's it's Motrin. That's all I take. It's right here. Would you like to see it? No, it's got my address on it. Let me get it back. I don't want all the fans <laughs> to storm the Carmichael estate. That would not be a good thing. So <laughs> That's
0: right. And we don't want anyone sending their hate mail to you.
1: Hey, so what happened in the week of wrestling? Oh, by the way, Epstein didn't kill himself. Um,
0: so what's Epstein didn't kill himself, so anyway, well, I'm gonna throw this at you then since you brought that up. Um, CM Punk obviously made a choice. Well, I didn't, I didn't
1: hear anything about it. What happened?
0: He appeared at the very end of the brand new WWE backstage show, um, to the point where. Four out of the five people doing the show had no idea, and Renee Young knew, and uh, she said about the WWE has these moments that are iconic, and they're memorable, and, you know, we remember them forever. She said, we should do one here. She counted from five down. She hit zero, and uh, Colton personality came on, and Paige lost her mind. Which felt real. And and he said, and I thought of you when he said it. He looked into the camera and he said, just when you think you got all the answers, I I
1: changed changed the questions.
0: The culture.
1: The culture. Wow.
0: And I was in awe. I'm going to check that out. It was a pretty cool moment. Um, it felt real. It felt... I it, watch it now on YouTube so you can watch my reaction live.
1: That would be interesting, right?
0: It's, yeah, absolutely. It felt iconic. It felt new. And uh, it, it definitely had a cool feel to it. I think you'll be really impressed.
1: Well, let me ask you a question.
0: Well, think he's coming back. If you're airing that, and this you is... know what I always say
1: you know what I always say what never say never and never say always like never say thing. never and never say always so i'm going to watch it i'm going to watch it give you my honest reaction here yeah should come out come out oh yeah, yeah. all right well, we're going to try to watch it here be sucking up all my bandwidth
0: well, you're gonna watch it, and I'm gonna put it on uh, on our I show. Might
1: the, I might be the only guy that has uh, two internet pro- providers in his house, probably because I can't afford to be without internet. So great show. Yay! Yay!
0: Yeah. It. I show, can't pixelate. Like those iconic, yes. history making moments
1: in WWE make yes.
0: yes. the great- yes. fans. So I think it's time that we start doing some of our own right here on WWE Backstage, you guys in? Yeah, well, we'll All right. what are we doing? And like three. Surprise. Two. One. <laughs> Whoa! No way! Whoa, <laughs> Is this a ramp? Okay. Is this a ramp? Oh my god! Oh Lisa! You thought that would be used if you do this? Yeah! Come on! Wow. Do this. Do this. Wow. No idea. No idea. Awesome. All right. Welcome. Welcome back. It's as simple as this. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the culture. I'll see you here next week. Yeah. <laughs> what do wow. you asking? Wow. <clears throat> <clears throat> pretty cool
1: moment. I'm, yeah, I'm like blown away. That was that was done really really well, man. I thought really so, really cool. Well. Yeah, that was that's like one of those things where you're like, "Am I really seeing what I'm seeing here?" And he comes out, and it's like the line was perfect.
0: It was, perfect. for him? It really was.
1: Yeah, I, for him I, it was.
0: I felt Roddy, but then with the CM Punk twist to it, which made me immediately think this is amazing. It just had that feeling. And
1: Paige was definitely not in on it. You could tell. Yeah. It was I a real reaction. Yeah. 100%.
0: So
1: that's, you know, that's cool when they can keep it quiet like that. And I've seen events where nobody knew somebody was in the building. You know what I mean? We did an event one time, um, for Maryland Championship Wrestling, they're running on Thursday nights at the Patuxent Arena, drawing 1,750 to 2,000 people every Thursday night. And we snuck Bundy in the building early and kept him in a locker room. Nobody saw him. So nobody knew he was there. So I'm out there, and I'm wrestling this guy, the Bruiser, who is kind of a Maryland Championship Wrestling is a pretty big federation down here, MCW, and it's been around a long time. And I worked for it and its inception became tag team champions with Dino Divine. And they always drew 1,500, 2,000. Um, we ran at the racetrack down at, uh, where was it? It was Ocean City, Maryland. And they probably put, you know, 3,000 people in the building for it. Um, so they've always done big shows and big crowds. And so they kept and I always had big names there. That was the first place. That was where I wrestled the Road Warriors. Was a Maryland wow. Championship wrestling. It's on YouTube. It's a six man, and uh, me and Hawker in there a lot together. And uh, it's uh, it was kind of interesting because nobody knew Bundy was there. So I'm like a match semi main event, and I'm out there against this kid, the Bruiser. Well, I got this kid, Mad Dog O'Malley, with me, who's kind of my my flunky, so to speak. And but he's big. He's 500 pounds himself. He's a big dude. Well, every time the bruiser would face off and circle me, Mad Dog would grab his foot or reach at him. And so this went on and on and on. And we never locked up. And the bruiser, I told him what to say. And he says, listen, and this guy, this kid is a state, Maryland state champion, Maryland state high school heavyweight wrestling champion three years in a row. I mean, he's a legit shooter. And he go, and the fans knew it because he's from there. So he says, listen, I'm a badass. and I know I am. And I can beat either one of you one on one but nobody's going to beat two guys. So I'm going to go back and get a tag team partner. And so when I got there, Bundy said, Q, you just put the match together, make it, make it fun. So I said, okay. So Bundy came out and the place went nuts, man. They were, you know, you're talking 1998 or something. So he was still really big and uh, maybe, maybe 99, 2000, whatever. But anyway, he was still big. And so he comes out and tag with his kid. So the whole gimmick in the match, Nick was, is I wouldn't get in there with Bundy. I, would, I was in there with the bruiser, and it became a tag team match, me and my flunky against those two. And I would turn and warm up on the ring ropes, and bruiser would go out and Bundy would come in. I'd walk to the middle, fall back, backpedal on my feet, into the corner. No, 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 no. And I wouldn't go in with Bundy. And every time it came for Bundy to go in, I wouldn't go in with Bundy. We're on Skype. So I wouldn't. He can't see it, so beat it. <laughs>
0: Excuse me.
1: Thank you. Thank you. My wife just came in and interrupted the, the the moment, but let me try to get back to it. So, the whole thing was I I used to wear a green singlet with pool balls all over it, right? Yeah. Well, I found a pair of green boxers with eight balls all over them, real bright. So the whole the whole finish of the match was this. At the finale, uh, Bruiser is a sunset flip. Now I've I've got my singlet. I'm mad. I'm I'm like tearing him up put down the straps, you know, I'm fighting, boom, boom, boom. I shoot him in, go for a back drop. He does a sunset flip. I try to walk away. He pulls my singlet down on my knees. I got the pool ball underwear on. All 1,700 people are laughing, going hysterical. I'm trying to hide my privates and go to the corner, and he tags Bundy, and Bundy goes to the trailer, other corner and does the train wreck, and just as I turn, he hits me. And He hits me so hard. In the locker room, my ears and my nose were was bleeding. As I pushed, the, the paramedic said he pushed everything up so hard that it, it ruptured the little lining in my ears, and they started to bleed, and my nose started to bleed. I was oh. fine. I mean, it wasn't anything to need medical attention, but it looked so good. And then, of course, he got the five count in the middle, and I'm left there in my underwear, and the guy's got to help me up back to locker room. And and then, uh, I don't want to disparage anybody, but there was. Uh, a set of WWE tag team champions there, and there was the most famous NWA tag team champions. NWA was back and put the belts on the tag team, and they came out after us, and you could hear a pin drop. The really? people were exhausted. Yeah, the people were exhausted from that match. I mean, that match was so funny that if you—that's one of those matches, <clears throat> and I'm proud of it because Bundy let me put the whole thing together, and it's just one of those matches that in your memory of fun matches and getting the crowd on that roller coaster and getting them where you want them were 1750 people stand up at the same time and start laughing their ass off and pointing fingers and, and calling me blue ball instead of cue ball. I mean, it's just, just, just one of those moments, man. It really was. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy fun. It was, it was, uh, it was it was probably the most fun um, match that I had. I had a lot with Bundy. God rest his soul. I probably had fifty with him. And you know, I was a big guy in the Andes at 6'3", 260. so I got to work the big guys nine one one from from ECW. Big Al's a friend of mine. I got to work him a lot, and uh, just the bigger guys. Gene Snitsky, I broke him into the business. It was his first match, and he had a guy, another guy's partner, Robert Harper. Who's just taller than Snitsky, Or Harper's like six eleven? They called him the Twin Towers. So, and they were there. They were Harper just got done playing for the San Diego Chargers, I think, at the time. So I think they met in the NFL. But you know, just 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 fun matches.
0: Nice. Now, cue. Let's have some refreshment. Have your refreshment. We're going for uh, intro. Intro cave, is, dude.
1: That has got to be the most fun, best thing there is. Just,
0: and fairly priced. Fairly priced is right. And uh, as you already know, Q, if you enter the promo code, Triple T Radio, you're saving. Now, Q, I don't need you on there yet. I need you to wait before you start trying to download intro. But you're saving 30% off, guys. It's a heck of a deal. Uh, Triple T Radio, enter that into your promo code, and you will get everything you need. It is awesome. It's a lot of fun. Now, Q has just uh, told me something interesting, so I thought I would fix it now. Q, I hope that's better. That's it. Beautiful. Perfect. So, guys, like I said, if you go to introcave.com and... Click on whatever intro you want, make it your own, go all out, because you're saving 30% off, and all you have to do is enter the promo code, Triple T Radio. Q, a lot of our stuff is made right from them. You
1: know, it is, and I mean, you save 30% (laughs) on top of the fact that they're reasonably priced anyway, but I mean... You know, I see, first time I saw it, I thought, oh, what a great thing for a bachelor party to start it out or, or a bachelorette party or a wedding or an engagement party or any type of party that you have. If you're Hispanic, you have a concierto. You, you know, it's perfect for that to make an intro. If you're going to have big screens around and play that intro before you start the party or even during the party. I think, it, I think it's one of the most amazing things that I've seen to make great int- I've just never seen anything like it.
0: No, that's just it. It is absolutely awesome, guys. We encourage you to go check it out. You will love every second of it. And I'll tell you what, Q, what do you say we show them right here on this show exactly what it is that we're talking about? Because we actually are able to do that. Let's do it. We're cocked, locked, and ready to rock. Let's do it, brother. Okay, my man. We're going to bring this up right now for the great fans. Let you guys see what we've done.
1: Incredible, man! Yeah, it's incredible. I love it.
0: Yeah, I hear. love it. I a uh, hey. fan of it. I believe very strongly in it. Now, Q, one of the other things going on in the world of professional wrestling, and I've got to ask you this because in two thousand and one, the WWE tried this invasion. You know, as you know, the WCW was bought yeah. out. They only brought over, and I, I. I call them. They're not. I know people call them jobbers. They're not. They're journeymen. They're, they're carpenters. They're guys that thank, make. Thank everyone, you. Can <laughs> make everyone else look good, and that's their job, and they're proud of it. And in my eyes, now maybe not yours, but in my eyes, we've got. Well, Robin. no, I'm I'm one of those guys, so we've, I'm I'm proud of that title. We've got. Well, I don't like the word job or I hate it. I I don't even No, no, no. I'm not
1: talking about that one. I'm talking about whether you call us enhancement guys or journeymen or whatever.
0: You're a journeyman or you're a carpenter.
1: There's a great video, a documentary, won the Los Angeles Film Award about Francisco Kosciatu, and it's called Journeyman. And it's about his journey of being a guy who wrestled 100, 150 nights a year for 10 years. Didn't get noticed, didn't get picked up, but stayed out there. A lot of the guys that he wrestled, uh, Jay Lethal, a lot of guys ended up getting contracts and long-term deals. And he just kept doing his job, made a movie about it. Um, it's available, it's called Journeyman, uh, just like it sounds, Journey, M-E-N. And it's a great movie. We're going to get a copy of it. I'm going to share it with you. And Frankie wants to come on the show and talk about the movie. Absolutely. That's no it's very exciting. Right. I mean, if you win as a documentary filmmaker, if you make a documentary on wrestling, there's been so many of them. I'm mean, beyond the ropes was a great one. Between the ropes. Uh, Barry Bluffstein's movie um, was fantastic. And, you know, I was in some of that. And I remember seeing him at the ECW arena about two weeks before the release. And he's like, you know, when we do a film, we have about 12 hours and we have to make 90 minutes. And he goes, so you're in it, but you and Cicero ended up on the cutting room floor in the editing room. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it is what it is, brother. I understand. I appreciate you even bringing a camera and shooting me. But, you know, <laughs> it, was a, it was a break the barrier, which was, was a big event. And, uh, you know, uh, my my friend Al Isaacs did that. He brought a uh, every champion uh, from every, fe- every decent federation that ran on a regular basis. From all over the United States, and the number one, uh, the number one contender, and he brought them into the ECW arena, and had every federation, ten federations across the United States, independent federations represented by their heavyweight champion wrestling, their number one contender. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you a copy of it. It's called. It's called. It's called Break the Barrier, Um, and it was. He was a. one of the, uh, um, I don't know, what did they used to call those internet guys back then? Um, like He was like a dot-com guy. Who, yeah. Dot-com guy. dot-com era? Well, he made a lot of money in the dot-com business. And so he decided to invest $50,000 to fly. He flew everybody in. I mean, that was a drive-in. But he flew everybody in at his expense, put them up, paid them really well. Manny Fernandez wrestled Rick Link course, that was a blood fest. Abdullah the Butcher was there. Um, It was crazy. You know, a lot of guys, got to meet a lot of guys, made a lot of contacts. I got to wrestle in the state of California because of a contact I made there, which is one of the states that I hadn't wrestled in. And I lived there as a kid for about a year, so I wanted to get a chance to wrestle in California before I hung him up. So I got a chance to wrestle out there. Uh, So, you know, just it was a uh, it was a great event um, I wrestled uh, uh, Julio de Niro who was then Julio Asta Julio Sanchez Julio de Niro from ECW and from uh, he was in ring of Honor for a while then he was in TNA in the beginning and uh, he's the one that helped Luke Hawks who was on our show a couple weeks ago in, in October helped Luke Hawks hone his skills and get where he is today by working with him and in um TNA in the beginning, and I had done that with Julio. Julio was kind of half-trained, and in 1995, I had a match against him um, at a big event uh, that I ran. drove We uh, had 1,590 people there, 1290 paid at Fairfax County High School in December 10th, 1995. It was a huge show. Don't tell me how old you were then. I don't want to know. But it was a huge show, and uh, sure. Julio... Julio kicked me in the face. He didn't call it or anything like that or say, watch the kick. I turn around, he gives me a savat kick and breaks my jaw. So oh, that, no. that was the beginning of our friendship. <laughs> and then we traveled probably 500,000 miles together. He only lived 30 minutes from my house. Uh, great friends. Crashed together. Hoteled, roomed together, rode together. Wrestled each other. I mean, he's the guy I probably... Him and Tom Brandy are the two guys I've probably wrestled the most in in the in, in my he- career. And I'm not lying when I tell you that I've wrestled Julio De Niro 75 times, if not more. And the same with Tom. And I wrestled Tom and Julio both. Uh, Tom in seven different states and Julio in eight different states. So, yeah. I mean, it was just, well, it was like, yeah, we had chemistry, you know. When you have chemistry with a guy back then, um, there was no territories, but there were circuits. And you would do the circuit around and around. And it was a sound, It was uh, reckless youth. It was Quackenbush. It was me. It was Julio. It was Christian York when he got in, Joey Mercury when he got in, when he's Joey Matthews. It was Tom Brandy. It was Cicero. It was Julio. It was me. So, you know, we were all in it. We all would see each other weekly. And then you would throw a Jimmy Snook in the mix or a Bundy in the mix for a name or a Brutus or, um, Billy Gunn or one of those guys were in there, and uh, so it was just, it was a great time, McFoley, Foley, um, it was a great time, one time I was, I, I'll, I'll tell you a, a, a funny story, I'm in line at a concert uh, to see Bruce Springsteen, I've seen him seven times, and this is probably um, 2002, and uh, this girl got me the tickets, and she said, you gotta go with my brother, he was an attorney in Philadelphia, and so I went with him, and I was he, he goes, so you really were a wrestler, huh? And I'm like, yeah. I can tell he doesn't believe me. Now, at that point, I'm diesel. I'm, like, 260 and, you know, jacked up 20-inch arms and just big. And he goes, I think you're just a weightlifter. I don't think you're a wrestler. So we're standing in line, and this concert is in um, uh, New Jersey, Asbury Park, New Jersey, where Bruce Springsteen is from. And it's at, like, a little center that holds about 1,200 people. And he does five shows in a row in December every year. And every bit of money that he makes goes to the New Jersey Food Bank for food for the homeless and people that don't have money so they can go and get food. So wow. it's real personal atmosphere. So I'm standing there with line talking to him and I'm like, this motherfucker's about ready to get strangled if he asks me one more time if he's really a really wrestler. And I see Mick Foley. Mick Foley goes under the wire, comes over, gets He's great dog. He said, brother, how you been? I said, good. He goes, how's Cicero? I go, he's good. He goes, you talked to Norm Connors lately? That was the promoter we worked for in Pittsburgh together. And I said, yeah, no, Norm had won $32,000 on who wants to be a millionaire. I said, I haven't heard nothing from him since he won that money. <laughs> so we're talking for about five or 10 minutes. He's like, I got my wife. I got to go back and get in line. I go, it's good to see you, Mick. He's good to see you. And he walks away, and this guy's eyes are this big, and his jaw is agape. And he looks at me, and he goes, holy shit, that was Mick Foley. I said, yeah. And he goes, and he knows you. I said, yeah, I know he knows me. And he goes, oh, my God, you were a wrestler. (laughs) And I'm like, light bulb moment for you, right, dumbass? Just in time to save him from me strangling him to death with my bare hands. So Mick Foley actually is a hero. He saved a man's life. I don't know if he knows what he did. So
0: just, just. too funny. Oh, now, a lot
1: of crazy stuff happens to you when oh. you're wrestling. That was that was a famous story. I mean, this guy was on me for the time we got in the car. Well, uh, oh, wrestling, who'd you wrestle? And I'm telling him, and he's rolling his eyes, and you know, you know what a, he's a typical attorney. No offense right. to my attorney down here, who is fantastic. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Ken Thompson. But <laughs>
0: anyway. <laughs>
1: You know what they you know what they say if you have your foot on the head of a lawyer and his head is underneath the water and you're holding him down you know what that's called what? a good a good start
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's funny you should say good start because let's be honest there's nothing more important than knowing the right time to start your car Q let's be honest. RedlineGoods.com. Take pride in your ride. One of the best sponsors we have on this show. And because of you, people can save 15%. And all they got to do is enter the promo code QBALL.
1: Yeah, you know, Mike and his family do this. And if you can see the picture to the left where they customized the headrest that say Pixie Dust—they can put anything in the world on that leather hand-sewn Italian leather headrest cover. Uh, whether it's a custom shift uh, shifter boot, whether it's a steering wheel, they make this stuff with hand by hand, hand-sewn with guaranteed 100% Italian leather, which is the finest leather in the world, and they can customize your ride. So that when you drive down the road and people take a look, they're like, OMG, where did you get that custom shifter boot and the matching headrest and the matching stairwell cover? Your car is off the chain. I mean, really makes a personal difference, a big difference in your ride. And I'm telling you, these people, their work, they're craftsmen. It's unbelievable that they do every single thing by hand. It's Crazy. it's so good the cool thing about that is even though they're identical everything they make is unique and one-off and custom
0: well that's it i mean we've talked about it you you have i've seen your car i mean your car is is souped right up and it's everything you want from redline goods but my question to you is are you saving 15%? Are you remembering to put the promo code QBALL in there? Of course. Of course I'm
1: going to save 15%. Yeah, I got the headrest done. And, uh, <laughs> of course they got a big QBALL slamming into a set of, uh, a racked set of balls with eight ball in the front. Um, and it's all the different colors of the balls on the headrest, uh, and with a big cue ball of flames coming off of it and then he did the matching shifter boot and the matching steering wheel dude and let me tell you something that and i've decided to drop just because i changed the interior it looks so good i tried, decided to drop some coin and an old eclipse and it's going in for a paint job and i plan on hopefully by spring putting a turbo on it get the engine rebuilt and get a turbo on it and it's just because how it makes me feel when i get inside it and i see all the custom stuff they've done it's unreal
0: I think it's awesome dude and uh I'll be honest with you I uh, I look forward to uh to getting more stuff from them it's uh, it's definitely the way to go It's redlinegoods.com take pride in your ride save 15% but remember you're only saving 15% if you remember to put the promo code qball in there that's redlinegoods.com that's right. You can't say I got it from that big
1: fat headed guy at Triple T Radio because there's two of us. So you got to use
0: the code Qball. This is very true. Use Qball. Well, have to grab something. Well, yeah, go ahead. Grab whatever you need. Oh, oh, yeah. Now, we only had
1: them as a sponsor. If we had Bud Light Platinum 6%, we could get that Bud Light Platinum Knight to come on here and do in his deep voice. Yes, turnbuckles, trunks and titles, washes down really good with a Bud Light Platinum, baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
1: Look, it's after after 5 o'clock somewhere. Oh, wait, it's after 5 o'clock here and there. (laughs) That's right,
0: 6 6.30 here, so I know it's 5.30 there.
1: Wait, no, that's not correct. It's 5. Yeah, we taped, we taped the show tonight. You are correct. Yeah, I'm know. like, wait a minute. No. ten
0: o'clock, 9 o'clock. Yeah. Here's, here's a question for you. What do you think of doing this, Um, the video? What are you thinking of it? I like it this way because I like to be able to see you when we interact. And especially
1: when we have a guest on, you'll be able to give me the cue to, like, you know, you got two minutes and then I'll know I got two minutes. Or you can give me the advertising cue, you know, the fist back and forth, the advertising cue, like, uh, yeah, like that, the advertising cue. <laughs> oh, my um,
0: goodness.
1: We got, we got to get on YouTube so people can see the advertising cue.
0: Oh, this is going worldwide. This whole thing is going oh, to Oh, the go. poor
1: world. The poor world.
0: They're not oh, ready the for world. it. They're, they're not ready for it. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Q, I'm telling you, I think this is the way to go. You and I together on the air like this. I mean, why why are we um you know, if we're gonna do this and we're gonna bring this to the world, I mean, people are they love the stories. They they love your your feelings on the business and your perspective, you know, everything you say. About the business is right now. I'm not tooting your horn. I'm not, you, you know,
1: know. It's a master of observation. All I'm, do, all I did is observe everything and soak it up with a sponge. And I do a lot of writing, and I have a lot of things that I save. And you know, I didn't. Nothing's mine. I, I didn't invent any of this. I have just been blessed to have been put with masters of this business. And if you're put with a master. Like a Luthes, a Siva Afi early in your career, um, you're put with guys like Bundy and and George Steele and the Bushwhackers and the Pitbulls and the Road Warriors, um, the Iron Sheiks of this business. When you're put with these guys and you talk to these guys, if you're smart, you shut your mouth and you listen.
0: That's right.
1: These guys will teach you lessons about the business. And every word that they speak, don't be talking to your buddy that you wrestled 19 times on the Indies over there. Pull your chair close to these guys and listen in. You know, Pat Cusick is a wrestler. He's been from Tidewater, Virginia. Uh, he did a lot of WWE stuff. He did a segment with Hogan when he was up there. Um, he's 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 got he's in great shape. Looks like an Adonis, but he has had diabetes for years and has to wear the pump so he's not wrestling right now but he was part of the original fold with me and him and i won the nwa worldwide tag team titles on two different occasions i'm the only active wrestler that's held nwa titles in three different decades by the way i held them in the 90s i held them in 2000s and i held them in 2013 and 14 so in the last three decades i'm the only active wrestler who has held nwa titles in all three of those decades and, you know, I, I was with the NWA for over 20 years and around the country. And I thank Luthes for that opportunity. But when you're exposed to guys that just know the business, just do yourselves a favor as young wrestlers, sit. When they stop talking, if you have a question, at, say, sir, can I ask you a question? And do it that way. You know, Buddy Landell used to tell me the story that when he was trained, they put a chair in a corner and they put him in a chair in a corner like a dunce in high school, and they made him sit there for three years. Now they were wrestling 150 nights, 200 nights a year, and he had to stay in a corner. And he stayed in the corner, so he shut his mouth and listened to everything going on around him. And funny story, I'm a wrestling, buddy, in New Yorktown High School down in New Yorktown, Virginia, uh, probably 1999. I was the VCW uh, Virginia Championship Wrestling. Uh, Virginia NWA heavyweight champion. You know, back then they had state titles too. So I was the Virginia NWA uh, heavyweight champion and I was facing buddy Landell and we're talking in the back and Pat Cusick, the guy I referred to, I see him over here and he's in a chair and he scoots his chair and he scoots a little more and he scoots a little more. I look, I go, can I help you? And he's like, no man, I was just trying to listen in and pick some stuff up. And I'm like, Keep your chair right there, son. You'll be all right. And then, of course, we ended up being Pat Cusick and I became great friends. And, and we had heat in the beginning because I thought when I was introduced to him at ECW, you can't even do an ECW show at the Boathouse in Virginia that I was booked on. And he came in, and CW, C.W. Anderson brought him in and said, oh, this is Cusick. I thought he said Cusick. So I thought he was ripping off my cue ball gimmick. Oh. So I immediately had heat with him. And he told me, he goes, dude, you looked at me like you were going to fucking kill me. And he goes, I'm sure I've never had anybody look at me like they were going to kill me. I said, dude, I was ready to beat the stuffing out of you and go to your house and then beat your family. That's how pissed off I was. Money and I out found money. out six months later, it was his last name, Cusick. And I felt terrible. So then I, I worked with him and Phil Brown and all the guys from that, that area of the country. And... and uh, you know, him and I became NWA tag team champions the two different together. So he was listening to Buddy and I. I said, you ain't going to get any wrestling stuff over here, son. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm talking about his daughter and her, her when she's graduating high school. And she was she, Colby, who, who passed away also right before Buddy did, a few months before that, was there. And we are talking about what she was going to do after high school, where she was going to go to college. And Buddy just got a Mercedes, and we were talking about that. And he had a lawsuit with a Holiday Inn. So we're talking about all that family stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: you're catching.
1: Yeah, we don't need to talk wrestling. Because if we get in the ring, we know what we're going to do. You know, We don't know ahead of time, but when we get in there, we know what we're going to do. And I said, how about this for a finish? He goes, that works. And that's it. That's all we need to know. Everything else is organic and happening in the ring. And one of the guys is over said, you're not going to talk about the match? And I go, no. You're not going to work it out? I said, look, you work out your match to a T. You go out there, and those people don't buy what you sell. You don't have the ability to change and get them involved. The whole idea is when you go out there is you get these people involved from the second you walk through that curtain, you get those people involved. You walk out, and you give them that look of disdain like – you just look at him and shake your head like, I can't believe you guys are here, and I can't believe I'm here. And you just look and say, well, I guess the welfare checks cashed. And you walked in a ring, and it's over with. You know, it's something that simple. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's it's funny because <laughs> I've been working a lot up north. And when you go up north, everything's a lot, and you go to the Midwest, everything's a lot stiffer, a lot tighter. Um, Midwest has got a lot of shooters. And up north, they just think they're all tough guys. So everything's a little tighter, a little stiffer, right? You go in the south, everybody's about, let's be able to do this match six nights a week for five years and nobody gets hurt. So I go out there with Landau back in the corner and I, I light him up with some forearms. I hit him like twice. He comes, staggers out, and he leans over and he goes, Cuba, what do I owe you? Fucking money? <laughs> You know, I said no, I found out about you I found out about you and my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> <in> <laughs> C-
0: Cusick also has to be mindful, maybe more now than ever, of the fact that number one, you're old school, and number two, anytime you see someone coming in, that's food off of your family's table. So I mean, he's gotta be mindful of that too. I mean not just it wasn't just your mistake it, I right. mean it is but he's got to be mindful too of I can see where he got mad I can see where he thought you know cue stick and then you know yeah it, it's it's food on your family's plate and, well, and I, 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 I gotta stop right there
1: I, the great thing the great thing about my life was I lost money wrestling and I say that because. I had a business that netted over $200,000 a year for a lot of years. In a lean year, it would be over 100000 So when I took off to go on a four-day wrestling trip, I would put a sales manager in charge of my business, and it would do half the business that it would do if I was there. Yeah. So for me, even going to WWE, it was never about the money they were going to pay me. It was never about that. For me, it was about when I was nine years old, uh, and this is how I got involved in wrestling. When I was nine years old, I heard my mother scream in our living room. Now, imagine we lived in a 12-room house built in 1798. It was one of the oldest houses in the town. Can't tear it down. It's historical now. Huge rooms. I mean, the parlor was so big because that's where they held the funerals for families. And so I hear a scream in the living room. She's calling for my dad. Jerry, 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 Jerry. So he goes in, and I run in. I got to see what's happening, right? My mom, who's pretty calm and copacetic, is flipping out. I go in the living room. And wrestling's on. And Freddie Blassie had a pencil in his hand. And this guy was bleeding all over. And he was, you know, doing this and this. And my mom looks at my dad. And she goes, oh, my God, Jerry, stop him. He's killing him. And I'm like, what the is going on? My mom is reacting to this like I have never seen her react. Now, Nick, I'm telling you. It could have been underwater Himalayan folk dancing. It could have been roller skating. It could have been figure skating. It could have been roller derby. It could have been bocce ball. Whatever it was that got my mother to react that way, I decided on that day at nine years old, that was what I was going to want to do with my life.
0: There you go. So
1: I knew at nine years old, the question was, could I get big enough, fast enough, and strong enough to do it? And I started working out when I was 14 years old, and you know the story, at six foot one, 226 pounds, I got turned away four or five times before they accepted me at a wrestling school, and you know, it's just one of those things where it, uh, it, it, it was something that I just knew. I just knew I had to do it. It wouldn't matter how many times you told me no, I was still going to find a place or a way. It didn't matter. Because I wanted to get people like my mother who were was somewhat shy, quiet, and reserved to act like a complete lunatic. That old lady in the front row that's screaming her lungs out, right? That's taking her sweater off, that oh, wants yeah. to get in there and whoop your ass? That's my mother, <laughs> you know? That guy in the back row that comes up to the front row and stands there and looks at you like he's thinking, like, okay, I'm, I might, I'm, I'm probably not going to try to kick his ass, but I'm going to let him think I'm going to. Yeah, yeah, that's my mother. You know, the people screaming in the back, that's my mom. And I'll tell you a very ironic story, and this is a true story, and whether people believe it or not, I don't give a fuck. And I don't say that word on here very much. But my mom passed in 1992. She never got a chance to see me wrestle. I had to put my wrestling career on hold. She had cancer for three different bouts of cancer in five years. She was 600 miles from me. She was my best friend in the whole world. So I had to deal with her failing rapidly. I had to watch her die in front of my eyes, waste away to nothing. And that's what three packs of palmol Mall cigarettes a day will do to you. And it was her biggest regret was never getting to see me wrestle. So in 1997, Big Slam has a show in Lewisburg, North Carolina. And I'm on the show. And he comes up to me about a half an hour, and he goes, did that lady find you? I go, what lady? She goes, he goes, there was a lady here asking for Chris Jackson. And three or four of the guys didn't know your real name, so like, no, there's no Chris Jackson here, but she kept asking. And she asked me, I said, "Jay's in the back, he's going to wrestle tonight. She goes, oh, okay. So Big Slam was a guy who traveled with me. He had roots here in North Carolina, but roots in New Jersey. And so he, what we would do is, we would do uh Goldsboro show on Friday night. I'd pick up Big Slam. We'd go to Pittsburgh on Saturday. We'd ride together. And then we'd come back to, like, somewhere, Lewisburg or, or somewhere on Goldsboro. I'd just drop him off because I had somebody ride with the whole trip, and it was four hours home. I lived in Virginia. So he goes to my house, and he goes downstairs, and he's going to crash downstairs. And he goes, yo, Q, because that's how he talks. He's in Jersey. Yo, Q, who's that lady? I hear that's my mom. He goes, that's the lady that was at the show looking for you in Lewisburg. My hand of
0: God.
1: Oh, You explain that. That's some pretty deep shit for the people to be listen to right there. That's a God's honest truth. My hand of God. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. That is crazy.
1: So I guess mom got to see me wrestle that night.
0: I guess she did. And she's probably very proud.
1: Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. That was a, that was a, when he saw that picture and he said that I immediately called Max's wife, who's still a really good friend of mine. And my current wife. So I called her downstairs and I said, slam, tell her about the lady in the picture. He goes, that's the lady that was asking for cue ball at the wrestling show in Lewisburg. I had six months ago, but she was asking for Chris Jackson. Max's wife turned white as a sheet. Was, she knew my mom very well, and she said, "Actually, that wouldn't surprise me that she would show up, because her one regret was she never got to see me wrestle, because she was too sick." Yeah. So crazy stories of no conspiracy theory tonight, but a, a theory of something nobody can explain. How did something like that happen? I mean, you know, sort of full body. That's crazy. Episode. Is there a lady that happened to look just like my mother, who knew that my real name was Chris Jackson, who most wrestlers didn't even know? You know, C.W. Anderson and I were tag team partners. We had we formed a tag team in the mid '90s called the Northern Exposure. I was from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. He was from Minnesota. Wrestled all over the place. I wore a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. He wrote, he, he, uh, Edmonton Oilers for a while, but then I went to Toronto because nobody got the Edmonton one. So. Um, right. And then, uh, and then so we wrestled all over the place. And about, I guess, five years ago, we were going to a show together. Six years ago, maybe, it could be seven, I don't know. Somewhere about, somewhere about there, only 15 years after we were tag team. And I'm like, so what's your middle name? He goes, Lee. I go, how's it spelled? He goes, L-E-E whipped up my driver's license, Christopher Lee, Jackson, Christopher Lee, right. We had never known in all the years that we tag-teamed and all the trips we had taken and all the titles that we had had that we had the same first and middle names our whole life. That's funny. But at least 12 or 12. Because even when you call him, you're like, Yo, C-Dub, what's up? You, you know what I mean? And yeah. he's like, yo, Q. I mean, it was just it was such a business of people that just, I mean, like our inner circle, we knew each other's names, but once you got outside that circle just a little bit, we knew everybody by their work name, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, I mean, I think the most extent was probably me knowing that um, Reckless Youth, who was, I don't know if you know who he was, but he was freaking amazing. He's one of the guys that told Vince Vince to shove it up his ass too. Um, along with a, a couple other guys like Glenn Osborne to you know, set go in set down contract meeting. Yeah, no, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> but
1: we're offering you three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you're guaranteed to start. Yeah, no, I don't think so. So it's <laughs> not about it's not about that money for me. It's about my life, my lifestyle, my family. So, you know, it's like I of course I knew his name and stuff, but I mean, you know, a lot of guys you didn't you just knew him in the eighties and nineties you just knew them by their work name. If their oh, work sure. name had to be their real name, you knew their name, but you know. And it was guys that you saw every every week, every month. You just never really thought what their names were. It was funny. I was telling uh Reanne, she uh when Bundy passed away, she goes, You know, his name was Chris too. But he always called this is a weird thing, he always called me Chrissy. And I always said, You're the only grown man alive that I would ever let me call call me Chrissy. I go because any other grown man that called me that, I would bury.
0: So, funny,
1: right? but, but it was like when we were out, it was like I was like when Bunny and I were out, it was like Chris and Chrissy. Like, Oh hey, I'm Chris. This is my friend Chrissy. And it was just it was just weird. We went Buddy and I went to the same bar, Caesars, a bar in Glassboro, New Jersey, because he was raised there, so people didn't make a big deal about him. But we went to that bar every single Monday night for Monday night football because they didn't show wrestling and we didn't want to watch wrestling and we want to watch football. We went to that same bar every Monday night for two and a half years. Never missed a night. Every Monday night. And we would get obliterated. And have, and have one of his lackeys pick us up and drive us home. Andy really? <laughs> always had a lackey. It was great, man. If you're a star, you always got a lackey. That's you always got that guy that'll come and get you, pick you up, take you here, take you there, shine your boots, you know. Just a guy that's never going to be a wrestler, Never knows he can never be a wrestler, but he wants to be around it and he'll be your lackey. So That is you know. funny. It's uh, when I had the IPWA in 1995. I started it and I ran until 2000 for five years. And if you look up, I don't know if you know, but if you look up the Independent Professional Wrestling Alliance, there's a giant Wikipedia page on that at my promotion. And it says in there, we ran in seven different states. Super successful independent the, in the promotion. I mean, we drew thousands across the country. And, you know, we're really super successful. Our home base was uh, Chickadee Island and the Secret Cove, an underground bar, you are down two floors and you're wrestling underground, Independent Professional Wrestling Alliance. It should be a final Wikipedia page. That was my promotion. If you look at it, you'd be like, holy shit, this guy knew what he was doing. I mean, 126 straight shows, 126 straight shows that made money. You know? So now I tell people...
0: Was it Independent
1: Professional Wrestling Alliance? Independent. Pro Wrestling Alliance, IPWA. There's a Wikipedia page on it. I got it. There you go.
0: I'm going to, uh, it's the IPWA. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to share it with our fans. Yeah, uh, uh,
1: it, it gives, It gives. you know, people don't understand. They think, oh, it was a different time and it's a different era. No, we have a product, right? We have an entertainment product, a sports product, an athletic product. We put in front of people, and we do our jobs by promoting. Now, back then, there was no Facebook, and the Internet had just started. So guess what I did? I went out every night in town and gave out flyers at parking lots. I didn't put them on windshields. I went up and talked to people today. said, hey, we're having a wrestling event. Always had a charity attached. I was part of Walmart's uh, partnership um, with, uh let me think of it, uh, it's not, it's not St. Jude. I give it to St. Jude to have it every year forever. It was Walmart's uh, program for the for the children. I forget what it was called, but it's a big one. Walmart's still involved in it, and uh, so I partnered with them. So everything that I made, I gave a percentage to Walmart. So um, to, to the not to Walmart to the group. Walmart enough money, but Walmart used to let me run shows in their parking lot in Virginia, or they let me come down and bring wrestlers and do autographs. Oh, nice! Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna look up what that is real quick because it's gonna drive me nuts, and the fans have to f- deal with the fact that I've had six concussions that we know it, of. That we
0: know of. And so
1: sometimes, sometimes as my age gets up there, Children's Miracle Network, Children's Miracle Network, that's what I was a partner with Walmart. At. So yeah, hey, listen. My wife and I have given to St. Jude's for years, you know. You you can go to St. Jude's from anywhere in the country. They don't charge you for treatment or anything. They give the family rooms to stay in. You're there with your sick child. And I give to them because I haven't had a sick child. But I know people that have. And when you can get free treatment, no billing ever for no fees, and they will give you a place to live and stay and be with your sick child 24-7, on the third dime, Danny Thomas, the famous actor comedian from from the 50s and 60s started that. When you get a group that's willing to do that man, they, they deserve funding. They rely on funding for their hospital and their cancer research from outside sources. So my wife and I give every month out of her checking account automatically um, but usually at Christmas time we were able to give a little bit more um, and because of the fact that we don't have sick children, but we could. we could that be that family who finds out their seven-year-old has a rare brain cancer. You know, I did a show uh, in 2013 for a girl named Kimberly Bachelor, and it was uh, Fighting for Kimberly. And it was a big show. we were 609 paid, plus I got a $10,000 contribution from a major automotive sponsor, a check for ten grand, plus all we made at the gate. We were able to give the family $20,000 that night from that event. Um and did a lot of good for that family. And unfortunately, she, she didn't win her fight. But, you know, it was one of those things where she was ringside and she got to watch the show and stuff. And, you know, I do things like that because I don't have sick kids.
0: Exactly, man. You're such, you're such a, a good person. You know, you're always thinking of that stuff, and I love it. You know, you have to tip your cap. So that's one thing about you. You're... Man, you're always thinking of that stuff.
1: Well, I'll tell you, we had a show one time in New Jersey. We had three firefighters fall through the roof of an abandoned building that was burning, but they weren't sure. They thought it might be homeless people in there, and they passed away, and it was in Gloucester City, New Jersey. And we did a show to benefit the families of those firefighters. And talk about an emotional moment. They asked if the wrestlers by themselves could come out front. we come out... Six fire trucks, every fireman, full dress uniform, saluting us when we stepped out of the building. Oh. I mean, you talk about an emotional moment where you're doing a show for three of their fallen brothers and they ask you to come out and you only. And they're all standing there in front of their trucks, all clean and shiny, all full dress uniforms, standing at attention, saluting you for doing that. That's why you do it. You know, yeah, whether it's a military absolutely. person. You know, I did one for uh sergeant in the military that lost two legs and one arms. One of his arms. Sergeant uh, Monty Brown, uh for uh Bring Morris, Carolina, Eddie McCoy. Um Eddie Brown, he's been wrestling for I don't know how long, but his first tag matches on the internet. It's me and Big Slam against him and CW Anderson and it was his first tag match and Carino trained him. And Eddie has been running this promotion for over 20 years in North Carolina. Every four to six weeks, he's had a wrestling school for 15 years. And quietly, he's over there being successful without ever being noticed. We're going to have him on the show, too, because him and I have some amazing history going back a very long time. And he's also in law enforcement. So um, he's a sheriff. His partner, Agatine, is a sheriff. Obviously, I'm a police officer um, in North Carolina. So, I mean, you know. It's one of those things that I think I tend to lean towards businesses that have a fraternity. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. I, I,
1: I lean towards things when I was in the home improvement business, it was a franchise and all of us franchisees would all get together at these big functions and they would give away trips. And I won thirteen trips to the Caribbean in my career there and to Vegas and to California and to Tahiti and all the successful distributors that won the trips or promoter or home improvement company owners would go there. So that was a fraternity amongst us and one of the guys I the guy I started with in sales my first day was October 30th 1981. He and I are still friends and still text or talk every single week and it's been 38 years since I went to work for him. But really? he's the guy he's the guy that he was he's he's my he's maybe 6 months older than me. But he was in that business for three months longer or three years longer. And he handed me this gift of salesmanship of being honest and straightforward, but being a good communicator, being able to talk to people. And he gave me that gift, but he has not realize, and I've told him before, that was the gift of a lifetime because he gave me the gift to make a fantastic living in sales. But it gave me the gift and the ability when I was brand new I was. I started in sales. I was a top salesperson for a three-month period, so I had to speak in front of a room of about 250 people, and I'd never been a public speaker. And I was going, wow. well, "Oh got to use look, just look at me and talk to me. I'll be in the crowd. Yeah. You look at me and talk to me and tell me the story." And I did. I got a standing ovation. I don't even remember what I said. I can't tell you what I said. To this wow. day, I don't know what I. I don't know what I said. I had a conversation with him, and boom, standing ovation. So I don't think I would ever had the confidence to get on the mic because early in my career, every time I would tag with somebody, and it was time to get on the mic. They'd be like, "Q ball, you do the mic work." You know, Q, you do the mic work. You do the mic work. You do the mic work. And it was always like that because, and I was never after that. I lost my fear of public speaking. You nice. know, I was kind of thrown to the fire. So I, you know, I don't think he understands the gift that he gave me was not just in bu- the business world. You know, I call suppliers now for Amazon, and I'm able to get a better deal than the guy who goes, well, I'll just take 15 of them. I'll talk to them for half an hour, find out where they're from, what they do, and say, listen, can't you do something a little bit better for me on 100 of these units? And they're like, oh, okay, Chris, I'll tell you what, I'll take 20% off, or I'll pay for the shipping. And, you know, but that's a relationship thing that you get going with people. So that's the gift that this guy gave me 38 years ago, that made my life what it is, which I have zero. I'm probably the guy that has zero regrets. Nice. Zero. Because so I wouldn't be right here right now on Triple T Radio with my pal and good friend who I love to death, Nick London, if I didn't do everything I did to get here today, good, bad, and ugly.
0: Well, let me tell you, that feels very uh, very likewise, my man. I I if you, I were here, I would give, if you were here, I would give you a kiss on your
1: giant forehead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, my
1: goodness. Probably not true. Maybe six more platinums. Maybe.
0: Q, <laughs> <laughs> listen. How much did you like the show, my man? It was great, I think. Don't you? I thought it was incredible. I loved it. A lot I of cute ball
1: stories. But we didn't have a guest. We didn't have a conspiracy theory, so I thought we'd do the life and times of Cubo Carmichael. We barely scratched the surface, but I think it was fun.
0: I loved it, It It was emotional in a couple spots, right? Absolutely it was, but doing the show with you is unbelievable. Well, look, man,
1: you can fake emotion when you're just doing it over the airwaves, but when people see that in person and they see the emotional impact that that had on both of us, guess what? It's just like wrestling. You get them hooked emotionally and you tell it and you work it organic and you tell it like it's supposed to off the cuff from your heart, a real story. People are into that. That's what people want.
0: You're right. You can say that again.
1: It's too much. I can't do it.
0: Q. Listen. It. Thank you. I love you. I can't wait to do this show again next week. I know, right, brother? It was great. I love you, man. I love you, too, buddy. Peace out, Big Daddy. Later, my man. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa.